And we're celebrating the Passover at this time. And the Passover is a time of, of bread and of wine and of lamb being sacrificed. A time of bitter tears and a time of joy and a time of bondage and a time of freedom. When John speaks of Jesus being the Lamb of God, there's no doubt that John was referring to the Passover lamb in this passage. So Jesus comes on the scene, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Then you fast forward to his time uh, near the end of his life. In the Old Testament, um, I was studying Jesus' approach to Jerusalem. And kind of aside to the, to the message tonight, when David was running from Absalom, David took a certain route of exile to escape. On the Mount of Olives, David received two uh, donkeys in which to ride, in which to take into exile. So Jesus comes from the land of the Jordan. He comes to the Mount of Olives. And there he receives two donkeys to ride into Jerusalem, into the temple. So his approach is the opposite of what David's approach was. David left as a man on the run, the king, fleeing. Jesus comes from the Mount of Olives, which, by the way, is where God's glory departed. And the Jews know where it will return. And he comes from the Mount of Olives as the victorious king, the Jewish Messiah. He comes at a time, like I said, of Passover. And if you have your Bible, open up to Exodus 12. Lamb. The lamb is a huge symbol. Exodus 12 teaches that during the Passover time, there's a very particular type of lamb they're supposed to choose. Now, what was happening, if you don't know the story of the Passover, the Jewish people were in bondage in Egypt. And for 400 years, they're crying, God, save us. God, help us. God, we're under a heavy burden. Anybody here ever pray for a long time about the same burden and there's nothing? Anybody relate with that at all? I know me. I do. 400 years, generation after generation, people are crying out to God. One day, God raises up a man named Moses and says, I want to use you to redeem, to free my people, to free my people. So God sends Moses to confront uh, Pharaoh and says, let my people go out and worship. And Pharaoh keeps going back and forth. Pharaoh keeps hardening his heart against the Lord. It got to a point where the Lord finally finishes that and hardens Pharaoh's heart. And there were many plagues in which God was using to glorify himself and to show Pharaoh, I am not kidding here. I want to let the people go. And there's one last plague left, the Passover. Um, This is the plague where God was going to kill the firstborn in the house. So they would have what God commanded the Jewish people to do is to get a lamb. This is a type of lamb they needed to get. And it was on the 10th 
of the first month. This lamb needed to be a lamb without blemish. The lamb needed to be a year old. The lamb needed to be a male. They were allowed to choose it from either the sheep or the goats. And on the 14th day, four days later, at twilight, they were to kill this lamb. They were to take the lamb's blood and they were to brush it onto the doorposts, the frame of their house. Picture a door frame, if you would. They had to take and put that blood on the frame. If the blood was applied to the doorpost, when God's judgment came to the people, if the judgment came to the household and saw the blood of the lamb applied to the doorpost, judgment would pass over that house. Now, if there was a house where they didn't have the blood, they didn't trust God, they blew him off, whatever, they were busy, too busy, whatever the deal, whatever their excuse was, if the blood wasn't there, judgment came on that house. God's judgment did not pass over that household, and there was great mourning with that. But if the blood was applied, God passed over, thus pass over. So the day in Israel around 30 AD is Lamb Selection Day. It was the 10th of Nisan, the day when the Jewish households remembered the lamb. It was the day they were to pick the lamb that fit those exact qualifications. That is the same exact day that Jesus rode in into Jerusalem. It was as if God was saying, here is my lamb. Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is my lamb. Jesus, no doubt, is presenting himself, coming from the Mount of Olives, as the redeemer, as the one who is going to save them. In fact, the Jewish people, they recognized exactly what he was doing. The people believed that he was their Messiah. In that culture, you were not allowed to wave palm branches willy-nilly as you felt like it. Palm branches were a symbol of the zealots. Yelling Hosanna was a battle cry of the zealots. And to yell, save now, and to pick up those palm branches and wave them, they were putting themselves on the line just a little bit. They believed that he was going to come in as the Savior. However, they wanted God's precious provision, but on their terms. They wanted a Savior to save them, but they wanted their idea of salvation. They were putting God's agenda in their own box. You ever do that? I think we all do that, don't we? They wanted Jesus to come in and destroy the Roman Empire and save them from the oppression of the Romans. And I thought a lot about that. And I thought, man, if you would have just kicked the Romans out, they would all believed in you. But he was doing something a lot deeper. Can you imagine if he merely removed the Romans? Where would you be eternally if that's all he did? How shallow would he have been to just remove the Romans? Now, no doubt he's going to come back as a governor someday 
a ruler someday. But he had something much deeper in mind here. Then you get to Nisan 14, Lamb Slaughter Day. Jesus is at a Passover meal, the Last Supper we call it. He's with his disciples, and he's teaching them. He washed their feet, and he's sitting at the table with them, having the traditional um, Passover meal with them. And during the meal, he takes the cup, uh, the redemption cup, and says this. Well, he takes the bread, first of all. This is my body. Kurt, I should have had you do this. Kurt just saw an illustration of a man taking the bread. Kind of put the bread through what Jesus would have maybe gone through. He beat that bread to a pulp, didn't he? Did he pass it out to everybody afterwards? Okay, good. <laughs> so I was say he should have watched this. Um, he broke that bread, that man did. Jesus took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Jesus is teaching them, I am the one, I am the bread of life who's going to be broken. He takes the cup of redemption and says, this is my cup of the new covenant in my blood. As often as you take this, do so in remembrance of me. When you take this cup, remember, it is my wine, it is my blood that fulfills, that brings in a new covenant, that fulfills the price that is paid. Christ is the precious payments of God. It would have been no, no um, mistake that they would have understood as well the lamb that's a part of the meal. Him saying, I am the Passover lamb. I am the one who's going to slay, be slain by my blood. You'll be forgiven. Picture the doorframe. Now picture it in the shape of a cross. When we put the cross of Christ, when we put the blood of Christ on the, when Christ died on the cross, rather, I'm trying to think of how to word this. It is if his blood, when we receive him, it is as if his blood is applied to the doorpost of our hearts. Do you know what I'm saying? In which God's judgment will also pass over you. Question is this. Is his blood applied on your account? Have you allowed him to do that? Or are you saying, no, thank you, I got it, I'm good. I don't need that. They would have seen him as the Passover lamb. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 7, let me read that for you. Paul says this, Cleanse out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. For Christ, now i got to stop there for a second. In the Passover, they use unleavened bread, all right? The Jewish people, they go throughout their house before the Passover, and they go looking around and have the kids look around. They sweep the house. They get rid of all the leaven in the house for the Passover. And there's even a prayer that says, God, may all the leaven that I got rid of and even the stuff I forgot be null. In your sight. In other words, I got rid of the leaven. I am pure. Our house is clean. We are obeying you. It says here, cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival, 
not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. It says here, Christ, our Passover lamb, was slain. Jesus is God's precious Passover lamb. Then fast forwarding to the next day. Mark 15, verse 33 through 40. If you have your Bibles, open up to that. Mark 15, verse 33 through 40. Let me read this for you. And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. That had been 12 noon to 3 p.m. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders heard it, said, Behold, he's calling Elijah. And some ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come for him and take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. Verse 38 is a huge verse. If it's not highlighted in your Bible, verse 38 is a verse to highlight. It is a verse to memorize. It is a huge verse. It says this, And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Now catch how it was torn in two. From top to bottom. This is a thick curtain. Who tore the curtain? Why was the curtain torn? God tore the curtain. Why was it torn? To show the price has been paid. The wall of separation is down. The veil was torn so that we could boldly approach the throne of grace with confidence to find help in our time of need so that we could stand clean before God. The veil was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was the Son of God. Now, through Jesus, we can have bold, close relationship with God. It's because of this cross that we're thinking about tonight. It's called Good Friday. In a sense, I agree with that. In a sense, I think it should be called Dark Friday or Bad Friday or something like that. There's joy that our sins are washed away by the blood of the Lamb. But there's also sorrow that he had to go through that. This morning I was um, sitting outside in my five-minute intervals where I wasn't interrupted and thinking about how my sin was a reason that Jesus had to die. And I was thinking about what are some sins that I struggle with that Jesus had to die for. I took some time to meditate on that. And in a moment, we're going to celebrate um, the Lord's Supper and remember what Christ did. Um, As we do that, reflect before the Lord. Lord, is there anything in my heart, in my life, where I'm grieving you? Is there anything that I need to get clean before you. I don't want this blood to be applied in vain. It is too precious 
Is there anything in your heart, anything in your life that is causing you to grieve, that is causing you to take advantage of his precious, precious blood? I asked that the ushers would come forward for communion. Okay, communion, come on down. As Christ did during the Last Supper, so we do tonight. We remember him tonight. This is the representation of his body. His body, his sinless, perfect, precious body was gladly broken for you, for your sin. I ask the ushers to come and pass this out. As they're passing it out, take some time to meditate before the Lord. Is there anything that you're grieving the Lord with? They'll give you some bread and then some juice. Hold it and we'll all take it together at the end, okay?
God loves you and wants to start a journey with you, have you received his precious gift to you? Have you asked Jesus, Jesus, I have sinned and I have ignored you and I have left you out of my life and I've been too busy for you. I want your blood to be applied to my account so that God's judgment can pass over me because I'm not perfect. Jesus, I want you to save me and I want you to be my savior and I want to follow you. Have you done that? If you haven't, what a great night to do so. This is a great opportunity. If you have, this is a great opportunity to give praise to the Lord for what he's done. I love communion because it reminds us, takes us back to the basics of what we're here for. His body broken gladly and out of deep love for you. Do this in remembrance of him. And his blood, as you look at this cup, this juice, all the sins that you've committed in your heart, in your actions, through your mouth, your words, your, the way you've treated people, his blood was poured out for that. Your bad attitude and your ignoring of God, your hate, prejudice, This blood was poured out for that. Poured out for your past sins, no matter what it was. Is there a sin that you could commit in which God would say to you, you can't be forgiven of that, that's too far. It's a precious blood. And it's sufficient for your sin. If you come to him and repent, come to him and say, save me. This blood's for you. It can wash it away. This is precious blood. God's precious lamb spilled out for you. Drink this in remembrance of him. And as we conclude this evening, let's stand together and pray. Almighty God, we thank you that you want a relationship with us. We are imperfect. And that you set up symbols in the Old Testament to remind people of the redemption, the uh, salvation from Pharaoh and from Egypt, but ultimate fulfillment in Christ and how he so much fulfilled all of these symbols of the Passover. God, I thank you for your wisdom that goes deeper than governments. I thank you for your precious blood that is sufficient, the only thing that is sufficient to wash away our sins, our many sins. I pray that our life will be a thanksgiving offering to you. And I pray that you would help us this next couple days to be able to take some time to 
say thank you over and over again and remember the cost on our behalf. And Father, it's Friday, but we know Sunday's coming where we celebrate your exclamation point, the resurrection of your son. Risen victorious over separation and over death, Lord. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Have a great night.